Em Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I was like, piss off, mate. You trying to kill me? This is Emsolation. So they all buy a boat together and they pick up hot pirates. This thing writes itself. A lot of reality <laughs> shows about vulvas. And you know what? I'm enjoying them. That stuff can get really ratty. And you can look like you got a dead spider on your eyelid, okay? I just go into the salt chumpy, you could carve it. You're in Emsolation. Mate, you didn't have the mask on your vagina. I don't understand. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I am a comedian, singer, writer, broadcaster, TV presenter, all-around lunatic, uh, maximalist power queen. <laughs> I'll be your spiritual guide for the next, oh, I don't know, we never know how long they're going to go for, 40-odd minutes. Hopefully your solid drive to work, your rage folding of your washing. Is there any other way to fold washing? I love a rage fold. I don't know, maybe you're going for your walk. However you've chosen to listen to us, I thank you for choosing us because it is a choice. You make a conscious choice to download Emsolation every week. And what is Emsolation? It's just a little universe for you to kind of nestle into, to drown out the loudness of your life, to give you a space with your two mates. The other mate I, of course, speak of is my best friend, Michael Lucas. And it started off, this podcast obviously started off because we were in lockdown and it was a play on isolation, emsolation. And then we thought, mm, we're not going to change the name now we're out of lockdown because I do like the idea of providing a little nestling spot for you guys. Just a bit of warmth, a bit of irreverence, a bit of light, a bit of shade, a bit of deep, a bit of shallow. Well, it's finally time that I give you the big news. <laughs> this has been the longest, most drawn out process. I apologize. This has been coming since November, but my lawyers and my management were like, we have to get this right because it's such a big thing. And I really wanted to let you guys know as soon as it kind of got agreed upon, but I haven't been able to. So the big news is that this podcast, Emsolation, I'm drawing it out like the Australian Idol Grand Final, will let you know after the break. Joking, joking. <laughs> This podcast, Emsolation, I'm very proud, proud down to my darkened, blackened soul, will be one of Spotify's first Australian exclusives. Da-da-na-na! Woo! Andy, my editor, can you insert, like, fireworks, 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 yes, trumpets, trumpets. Thank you. Yes. Emsolation will be one of Australia's first, first ever Spotify exclusives. But what does that mean? What it means is in about four weeks' time, so you've got four weeks to get your head around this idea, you'll only be able to listen to this podcast on the Spotify app or desktop app. We've got a home. All I've ever wanted is a home, as you know. We have a home now and our new home in about a month, and we'll let you know the exact turnover date, will be Spotify. And it will be free. Our podcast will always be free. I promise you, you don't have to, you you can get the free app or you you can get the premium app. I have premium because, you know, I'm fancy like that, (laughs) but it's free, of course. And this is such a big deal for so many reasons. And I want you to understand this is something that I've been working towards for about 15 years and I couldn't believe it when Spotify came to us. So 
Spotify, the podcast division, you should know, is run by mainly excellent women and one incredible gay man. <laughs> so first of all, tick. And they approached us, Prithi, who's in charge of podcasts there. She's incredible. I love her so much, Prithi. She said she's a real fan of Emsolation and wondered if we would consider allowing Spotify to be our home. And I was like, but what do we have to change? Like, what do you mean? You know, I'm very protective. Because obviously we we left podcast one. We I wanted to go independent, and she said, "No, no, you don't have to change a thing, nothing. We just would love to have you at Spotify as is. We love you. We love your product. We love it. We just want to pay you to just be with us." And I was like, "What? You want to you want to pay me to make this thing that I love making with my best friend, where I can." say whatever I want, do whatever I want, and and I could do it from my house. And she's like, yes, 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 yes. So, ah, this was in November. And they have been incredible. I have to say to you, to have arguably one of the biggest listening platforms in the world, love what I do and believe in what I do and back what I do and not ask me to change a thing and they enjoy me. They don't endure me as so often has been the case in the past with previous employers. It's so, so validating because for those of you, I'm getting teary. (laughs) For those of you who have been along for the journey of my career, you know, it has been hard fought and there has been so many times that I have been laid flat and my soul bared and thinking that my career was over and that I was, something was wrong with me because I kept getting these jobs in radio and I love radio. I love broadcasting. I think it is my most favorite medium. I think it's so intimate, especially podcasting because we're right here with you. I'm right with you now in your ears, in your house, in your car, and you've chosen to be with me. And it's a relationship I take very seriously. So I, I was constantly being told that who I was, I just needed to make myself a bit smaller. Can you not be as opinionated? Can you can you not talk about periods? Can you not talk about the messy stuff of life? We need you to do this for this advertiser. And I kept feeling that who I was just wasn't quite right. And then so I got to do this podcast with no straight white men in their 50s, overlords, telling me to tone it down or, you know, do this, do that. And then to have Spotify come and say, yeah, it's great. It's grouse. Who you are is exactly right and we love you and we want to align our massive brand with you. I can't tell you how exciting it is and I hope that you're all super proud of me and I hope you're proud of our little podcast that, you know, it's a strange old thing. (laughs) We, We just honestly talk about the stuff that lights us up. And, you know, it's politics, it's pop culture, it's the royal family, it's, and that's today, especially, that's what we talk about. And to be able to make this thing now and get paid to make it. So that's another thing. It's, it's a show that I'll be making, you know, once a week. It's not, I don't have to get up at 4am. I don't have to spend hours away from my family, you know, to be paid to make this thing that I've been making as a passion project for so long. And I've been paying to make it is another incredible milestone for me and for us. So that's the big news. I hope you're okay with it. It basically means in a month you won't be able to hear us on iTunes or Pocket Cast or Google Play, none of those applications, Um, but we'll give you heaps and heaps of warning. It'll be all over our socials. 
I hope you're proud of us. I hope you still listen to us, even though it's only on Spotify. Of course you will. And to Spotify, I know that Prithi, I know you and the whole team are listening because you were anxious about the announcement. But I just want to say to you guys specifically, Prithi, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for validating what I've always known and sometimes wave it on, but knowing that I have an important, strong voice and talent in this area, which feels weird to say, thank you for backing me in and um, I won't let you down. And I know my audience will be coming in their droves. And the other thing, guys, with Spotify, like they can do things like, oh, this person, you know, listens to Em's music or this person listens to Beyonce or this person listens to Taylor Swift. We might suggest Em's podcast to them. So the Emsolation community can only grow and we're going to go big international. We're going to go into the States. And so it's, Hopefully the beginning of like Oprah-style world domination for insulation, And you guys are like founding members. You'll never be forgotten. <laughs> All right, so that's the big news. I'm going to bring Michael in now. Thank you for being patient. Thank you to those of you who already knew because I said it on stage over the weekend because I couldn't keep it in anymore. <laughs> Thank you for keeping the secret. And you bloody did keep the secret. This is the most exciting, career-changing, life-changing, validating thing to happen to me professionally. And um, I'm really excited to bring the podcast to you via our new home at Spotify, which will be happening in a month. But like I said, I know you guys, we're very busy. You forget stuff. There'll be plenty of notice, but just make sure you download the Spotify app in preparation. And again, free, 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 free. Of course, it's free. Because Spotify is paying mommy, yeah. All right, that's enough. Let's uh, bring in my best friend and my co-host, Mr. Michael Lucas. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, Michael Lucas is official. We are Australia's first, well, one of Australia's first Spotify exclusives. We've been able to tell everyone. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty well done. Well done. I always, I mean, you're always destined to be a queen of new media. You are. It feels right. <laughs> I am. And also, well done. You You, na- you navigated a, a contract process. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the contract process started in November. So this is why I keep going, I can tell you, I can't. I can tell you, I can't. The lawyers look at me every week. I bring my lawyer, she'd be like, nah. Not this week. Because the Spotify contracts are very, they're, they're as thick as a novel. Don't worry about that. So, but we're done. And as I said in the intro, and I said, Michael, you haven't heard it yet. I'm very proud of us. I'm very proud of myself. And it almost makes all that breakfast radio stuff worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not in terms of your adrenal system and your mental health, but... In terms of professionally where you're at, no, I agree. God, if I if I could pick, do I want to be launching one of Spotify's first Australian podcasts or getting up at 4 a.m. to talk about traffic? I know what I choose. <laughs> so well done. Now, we must point out Michael Lucas is in a professional recording studio. It's very exciting. Still recording into our laptop system, not into a professional microphone or anything, but he's sitting in one. Why are you sitting in one? I would love to say it's the new world of Spotify and this is just our, (laughs) no, but in actual fact, no, we're recording the soundtrack of my ABC TV show, The Newsreader. So I've taken a break. I'm in the proper, I'm in the proper booth. And so basically in my mind, I'm Madonna in the rain video clip. (laughs) 
I'm actually probably more Madonna in the I'll Remember video clip which was specifically set in a recording bit, but the Rain video clip is far superior and she looks much better in it. So I'm going to say I'm Madonna in the Rain video clip. That's what I feel like. I mean, I accidentally thought I'd turned rage on. You know, I accidentally thought I was watching video hits. I'm like, why is Madonna joining our chat? Yeah. So... Her face has got a lot Running of Running my hands down the watery walls <laughs> oh, and, and you know, looking slightly inappropriately Asian. <laughs> oh, so much cultural appropriation from Madge. Jesus. <laughs> when you go back through the greatest hits. But you know what my favourite film clip is that rivals Rain is Frozen. You know, when she becomes the crow on the beach. Oh, totally. And then did anyone ever actually clock Kylie for ripping off Frozen with Confide in Me? Which song came first? Confide in me, I'm pretty so sure. Do we think Madonna, because those songs, Confide in me and Frozen, are very similar. Very, very similar. I've always thought that in my mind. Uh, look, yeah, I, I hope you're not starting something between two of our favourite divas, um, but, because I know which one I have to be on and it's against my nationality, but I have to stay with Madge. But I think if we're going to pit off which came first, I'm pretty sure Madge is in the wrong here, so Ooh. let's just we need to get out of this conversation. Okay, okay, okay. Let's move into something really light. Prince Philip's death. We have just received a statement from Buckingham Palace confirming that the Duke of Edinburgh has died. This has been such it, a strange oh ride. Oh my god, a say. strange ride. Did you see the comedian at the comedy festival who made a joke about Philip looking a thousand years old and then an audience member yelled out, Oh, he's just died. And the the comic on stage was like, What? And he literally just made a joke about Prince Philip and an audience member must have got the Apple News alert and heckled him with the news. Have you guys seen Prince Philip? That is 3,000 years old. I'm pretty sure he invented racism. He just died. That's extraordinary. Oh, terrible. I got it texted on my phone Me in too. a news alert. I was at I was at a dinner and I was just sitting there and oh. then all of a sudden ding, I thought it was a text message. And then Did went, it beat me texting you? No, no. What? Yeah, it did. It oh. did. It was sorry. It was the Apple News thing came up instantly, and I just went, "Oh, Prince Philip's died." And then it's a strange one to negotiate this one, like your your reaction to it, based on mm. a whole lot of factors. Mm, I agree, and also obviously because the documentary The Crown kind of reshaped the way we viewed Philip in good ways and in bad ways. Good for you. Good for all of us. For me, I ne- I never really knew much about him, and except that he was oftentimes really inappropriate and a bit of a lad, and then I watched the documentary The Crown, I was like, oh, I mean, he wasn't, wasn't all bad. It was horrible well, and sometimes. If you, especially in season one, he had an excellent bottom, and I think oh. that that is one of the main things that stood out. Like, we didn't expect so early to see Prince Philip's us. And I know that Benjamin Law got a lot of back chat for talking about it, but it was true. The, the original performer that praised Prince Philip early on in the series, there was a naked shot from behind. And yeah, we saw Philip in a whole new light. And yeah. Didn't and we just? You used the word shape very well. <laughs> ben Law. <laughs> and also, we're not speaking ill of the dead. To anyone who's listened to two of us, there's no higher compliment we could pay than to talk about someone's bum. What, exactly. <laughs> May his what ass we aspire to. rest in peace. Although, you know, I suggest an, a 98 year old's bottom doesn't look like that one in the crown, but I digress. He's probably seen some droop, but he it had an excellent starting point. There's no question about that. If it looked anything like it Again, did in the crown, Prince I'm sure. Philip's actual ass. <laughs> well, it's a documentary, Em. I'm sure that they got everything right. <laughs> well, 
Harry was quoted as saying, I have watched it and it's somewhat like kind of in the realm of accurate. They don't pretend to be news. It's fictional. But it's loosely based on the truth. Yes. Of course it's not strictly accurate. Of course, of course it's not. But, but loosely... But you do think loosely it does feel it like... Gives, it, gives, it gives you a rough idea about what, what that lifestyle and what the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else, what, what can come from that. I'm way more comfortable with The Crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife or myself. I read that as specifically about his grandfather's ass because that's when you're talking about general historical accuracy. You're, I mean, you're just thinking about it often anyway. I'm sure he was at that point. But so he's dead. And I'll tell you my initial reaction. My initial reaction was to text you immediately to beat you from delivering the news to me. And then I waited for the gags of, oh, he was so close to getting his letter from his wife because obviously when you turn 100, you get a letter from the Queen and he was 99 and this was his 100th year and the Queen could have just slid it under his door at night. Well done, Phil. Also, I remembered that the project, every news outlet that I know had one, uh, a locked and loaded like eulogy montage, ready to go. Uh. They've got one for the Queen. They've got one for Billy Connolly. They've got one for Elton John. There's all these pre-locked and loaded video montage eulogies ready to go out. And more than that, the ABC, I know this for a fact, yeah. does regular training days for what happens when Elizabeth dies. Because they, So they get in, yeah, because I know that it's Annabelle Crabb is going to do TV at this stage and Richard Glover is going to do radio. And I think it's every 24 months they go in and do a specific trial run training day, just ready, just ready. And I did notice that when Prince Philip died on ABC, Annabelle Crabb was out there like a flash. She must have just been sitting at home. Enjoying herself, making some vegan muffins or whatever Annabelle Crabb does, looking after kids. Maybe she was out at some sort of reading. I don't know. But she just got the alert. Prince Philip dead. Boom. In there on the desk. Goodbye to Vera, which was playing on ABC. And there she was. There she was. Mm. So, okay, obviously this leads me to discuss my video package. So can you write it? Can we get Baz Luhrmann to direct? And can we get, like, (laughs) some young ingenue to star as me? Can we CGI a few things in? I'm just thinking ahead. Like, we've got to prepare got to launch it out there. Oh, I yeah, I think we want some sort of well, I mean want to, we, we essentially want a feature length. I don't know whether it should be narrative like glitter or whether it should be a Beyonce full music album in honor of you just re- locked and loaded and ready to go. Lemonade, but I'll call it rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine my visual album called Rosé. Oh my god. It would just be Scott Get off the bike! Get off the toilet! And then just like arty shots of a toilet, 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 spinning wheel, a black and white wheel spinning, spinning. I want to make a visual album called Rosé so bad now. I'm sorry. I've digressed from my funeral package, but wow. File that. So Philip dying for me, my initial thought was to text you. And then I, this is the absolute truth. I thought about Liz, the queen. I thought about her sitting there quietly holding his hand, her life partner of 70-odd years passing away, for better or for worse, they have had such a unique, obviously, like, position in life, and he's gone. Just quiet silence, gaping hole in her life, eyes of the world on her. That I just thought of the, a quiet moment for the Queen. That's where I went. Well, and then also, you know, who has she really had to turn? Like, if you're the Queen Elizabeth and you want to have a good old bitch about something, and let's face it, you would because everyone around her has been so, I mean, but the kids alone, 
Oh, my God. Don't even get her started. She can talk about Andrew. She's like, Phil. I mean, I hope she's got a good sort of like handmaid that she can really let rip to. But I imagine Phil likes it pretty loose. And I reckon she can say what she wants to him and, and she's she's lost that now. I mean, the next time Prince Andrew does something. Oh, what's she going to do? Who's she going to tell? Who's she going to turn to? Who's she going to turn to? Who's her bestie? Who's, who is the Queen's Michael Lucas? Who is the Queen's Michael Lucas? Does she have one? I think that there would be. I reckon it's Michael Lucas. Did you know in The Crown when she brings the bell? Michael Lucas is whoever's on the side of that bell. Because let's face it, if you could introduce that into our relationship, you would. And you know what? Weirdly, I'd be pretty happy to do it. Yeah. She's rung the bell. She needs to be out of this situation. Or maybe the person who who notices, you know, when she like whenever she moves her handbag to the other arm, it means she's done talking to the peasant. Whoever the person is that watches for the handbag switch. That's probably her yeah. Michael Lucas too. If there's a person when she comes out in her outfit in the morning and goes, oh, you look amazing, you look all thin, you look very fit, you look ready to go, well done, queen. Queen. That would be. You're a queen, queen. So what I wonder, that, so that was my first, I went to the human side of it, okay? I immediately felt sadness for her because whether or not you believe she should be a monarch or, or whatever, 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 you isolate Liz, she's an impressive human. She's like she's been pretty, pretty flawless in terms of scandals within herself. Her family are fucking garbage people, but she has kept it tight <laughs> and maintained dignity, which can be tough when your daughter-in-law's getting her toes sucked, and she's a loose unit. You know, like your husband's well, questionably is he a Nazi? Isn't she's kept it tight? <laughs> but then, holy shit, Twitter made the mistake of going to Twitter and. Bloody hell. Literally, it was cyber dancing on graves. Did you see the cyber dancing on the grave? It was intense. Elements of it. Yes, elements of it. Because I feel like, because there have been so many flags, I feel like people were saving up their reactions ready to go because we thought when he was in hospital earlier that it was going to happen. So I feel a lot of narky people on Twitter had, you know, they they had their gags, their triumphant moments, their everything, all their responses. Mm. It was an extremely foreshadowed event. It was. I was surprised. I didn't realise there was so much vitriol harboured against this, what I considered irrelevant, doddery old man. I didn't understand understand how deeply hated he was by some, especially by some fractions of of Australian society. Well, and who could ever forget when Tony Abbott tried to give him a knighthood? Oh, God. So, I mean, that tipped him over into joke territory. And then plus, I mean, you know, there's any number of comments that he's made over the years, but also just the whole position, the, you know, immense yeah. Talk about it. I mean, you've you've noted. Oh, well. Say it. I mean, we're, this is our job, and we both, Michael and I, when we discussed this in our pre-show meeting, which is a very serious meeting, we wanted to be really careful about respecting all sides in this. But there is the indigenous population. I mean, and you did. You said you saw some reactions. Oh, yeah. And I completely. I, yeah. I, I understand them. I, I mean, fundamentally, the whole notion of a monarchy, I think you can say, uh, and this is so separate from any any Meghan Markle concerns or anything like that, or maybe some would say linked, but but yeah, the whole, the whole idea of privilege and power being bestowed via bloodline is really old-fashioned, and I personally feel terrible for, you know, all of the Indigenous people in Australia that they we still have to have a British white monarch as yeah. our head of state. I think it's crazy. And so I do not expect... And this country was invaded on behalf of that royal family. And I think that there is the sense, the strong sense, that the monarchy is held on because, as you say, Elizabeth has run a really 
tight ship and has avoided her own personal controversies. And there is sort of the feeling that once she goes, that the question of whether or not we'll still have the British monarchy as our head of state, Mm. I mean, that's really up for grabs. Mm. And this, for better or worse, you know, is sort of almost a step closer to that time. So... But then on the other hand, of course, you know. Someone's dead. There's the notion of a 72-year-old love story. I also read the other interesting angle for me was people saying he provided an example of how it is to support a powerful woman. woman. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, mean, sure. He also had a phenomenally privileged position in life himself. It was a pretty good deal. He was all care, no responsibility, that bloke. Like, honestly, he he really did whatever he wanted if the documentary The Crown is to be believed. But mm. uh, so uh, this is extremely nuanced and complex as death is. But just for me personally, in my opinion, while I do not condone what he has said or done, I also, as you do, feel enormous empathy and sorrow for our Indigenous population whose country was invaded with the blessing of a royal family that these people were linked to and I feel very uncomfortable at the enormous celebrations over another human's death. Like, I mean, the other question I'll ask you, what if it was Trump who was dead? Would you celebrate it? No, I I can't ever. No, me neither. But the other thing that was really interesting about all of this was um, as much as we're talking about, you know, controversial reactions on Twitter, the fact is that especially in the UK, but even here, they switched over all the programming to Philip some coverage of his death. And there was a, an incredible, unprecedented amount of complaints because simply people didn't feel like they needed to shut down all programming and see it. They felt like mm. he was a support character. It was inevitable. He was an old man. It's not a major turning point. Why aren't we watching the MasterChef finale, which was what was meant to be airing in the UK? And even here, people like were ringing the ABC going, why'd you take off Vera? We knew he was going to die. He's old. What is there to say? Which is interesting because I'm sure when Elizabeth goes... I think probably then people will be keen to have a lot of reflection on her life and her significance and what it means and everything. But for this, it seems like the overwhelming sentiment was, okay, sorry, he's gone, but we don't need to look at it 24 hours Yeah, I agree. It was a case of the media caring more than the consumers did. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like the media are doing it out of a habit, out of a reaction, because I noticed they had wall-to-wall coverage on some of the news sites, like the first six stories of Philip, but that was gone in a couple hours. So obviously it wasn't getting any traffic or traction. But yeah, I just, I feel like there's a line that's crossed if you're celebrating death. I don't know. And maybe that's because I'm his behaviour and his monarchy hasn't directly affected me as a person, maybe. But, um, yeah, but obviously if we could just be frivolous for a moment, uh, the funeral, um, I'm obsessed. (laughs) Of course. I am obsessed with the funeral. And I immediately text you and said, oh, my God, like is there COVID restrictions now? There are. Right. So that is the saving grace because can you imagine? The burning question of will Fergie be invited, which I know is what you're particularly hung up on. I think COVID has taken care of that. I'm sensing she won't be on the guest list and I'm my condolences to you, Em, because I know. I love Fergie. Don't try and trick me now because I'm not going to play this game. Delete that bit. John, can you delete it? Fergie comes into her own at family events. It's like she saves up all of her charisma and bonkersness and just emerges waving with sweat patches and 
tight dresses and it's slightly drunk and, oh, I just was imagining Fergie at the family funeral. Like, imagine. So fabulous. Imagine but imagine being the gay in charge of the guest list if it wasn't COVID. You'd be like, okay, so who am I going to seat? Okay, I can't put Megan next to Kate. They might punch on. So what if I can't put Wills near Harry but they're brothers? Like the whole thing is intriguing. But now obviously Megan can't come. And if you would believe some newspapers and, and sites, Megan actually caused his death. Um, <laughs> I just want to break it to you. Apparently Meghan Markle is responsible for uh, Prince Philip dying. Piers Morgan is definitely at home somewhere trying to work out how he can blame it on her. But I did read an article where apparently the interview was his last, like, it just took his last <laughs> breath not away. Not the 99 years of age. <laughs> no, not the ill health or the fact that he was 99. Apparently Oprah and her interview is um, basically that could be cause of death on the death certificate. Well. <laughs> We said Oprah's bringing down the monarchy just the same way that she bought in checking your spirit. So So there's going to be a Zoom funeral, obviously, for the rest of the family to attend. I think there's a certain number of direct, like I know like Beatrice and the likes of all of those sort of figures are going to be there in person. But then, yeah, I guess the rest, well, you don't need a Zoom. It's all going to be on telly, Em. Oh, yeah. Probably, Probably just check out what everyone's wearing and then. Off I go. Oh, you'll be watching every second. Don't pretend that you won't. Uh, and likely I will too. And it doesn't change the fact I'm a Republican, but yeah, sure. Do I want to know how that plays out? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I actually do. And I know we both feel a bit weird discussing this, but we wanted to because it's such a big pop culture moment and you and I have both been texting about it and I'm obviously obsessed with the royal family. And I'm not a monarchist, but I'm not not a monarchist. I'm just like... I love the Queen. And you should know that mainly because she reminds me of my grandmother, Denise, so, so much. And when she died, my grandmother left me her Charles and Die commemorative wedding plate. So I do have a weird personal connection. No, I know. Thank you. We've covered this before. I, on the other hand, rabid Republican, <laughs> although nothing against them personally, particularly, except for the outright moments of racism and, of course, Prince Andrew, you know, oh, sexually assaulting under our We could just keep going. Everyone anyway, let's, let's is not. problematic. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, we have a new heroine this week, a new Shiro. I've never heard that phrase before this week, and I felt like it's been sitting there for decades. Has that? Is it new? No, Shiro? RuPaul. Oh, my God. He's <gasps> been around oh for de- over a decade, Shiro. Oh, He's done a song. No. Oh, yeah, no, okay, Shiro. sorry. And Herstory. Okay. Shiro's in Herstory. Not- oh, Herstory, I've heard, Yeah, no, no, Shiro's been around for ages. And I'm sure he wasn't the originator of Shiro. Uh, not saying that. Um, better make my Bridgerton fucking correction now. I got done by an April Fool's joke. Bridgerton is not obviously coming back to Netflix yet, but season three and four have been announced, so la. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Former Australia Post CEO Christine Holgate has spectacularly reemerged like a white linen suited phoenix from the ashes. What a moment. I'm actually really disappointed that it's not included in the same podcast as the one where we were talking about the let it go costume change because I feel like her testimony was the the courtroom equivalent of the let it go moment. Okay, put a pin in that. I just want to reset who she is for those who don't know. Obviously, she was the CEO of Australia Post and got done for purchasing watches for staff members, their Cartier watches worth $20,000. Now, she got made a glaring example of, spectacularly sacked, but no one really went into the nuances of why she bought the watches and who they were for. And and as she has come out and said this week, the Prime Minister didn't even phone her, he just sacked her. 
He did call her out on the floor of Parliament, though. It's publicly. If the chief executive wishes to stand aside, well, not wishes to stand aside, she's been instructed to stand aside, and if she doesn't wish to do that, Mr Speaker, she can go. That's nice. Didn't want to pop a little, little call in, just be like, hey, mate, Chrissy, um, just got a little chat about those fucking watches, mate. Nah, just did it on the floor of Parliament. So she has re-emerged this week and, well, she's going to clear her name. Mm. She's going to set the record straight. So tell me what you've seen this week. She's come for, she's got the white suit on, paying homage to the suffragettes, the white to unite movement, the women who have been, you know, oppressed under the glass ceiling. Kamala Harris wore one. Like, it's the thing now to wear the all white as, a, as an homage to the suffragettes. So she's appeared this week at the press conference and... Yeah, and also I'm going to relate it to when Hillary came out. Remember when she got the Democratic nomination? She came out in the all white as yeah. well. Like, it really brought me back to that. And Elsa, let it go. And Tommy, tell me that. Tell me that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. There was just something about her. Like, she's just felt like someone, I'm not going to take any more shit. But also, I like it that she's bided her time. She's held it together until this inquiry. And then she's backed up her testimony straight on the 7.30 report that night. Still in the same outfit. Still with the hair, Stunning. just ice blonde, Stunning. ice blonde hair. And there is a, actually, if I may correct, in the second Frozen, there is a moment where she sings, show yourself, I'm dying to meet you. And she like sings a duet with herself and her mum. And she <sighs> like, she sheds the dress and she's suddenly wearing this amazing white bedazzled pantsuit. I don't know if you recall, it's kind of the uh, first time we see Elsa in the pants. And for yeah. me, that feels more of a moment like, what we've seen from Christine this week, that white power suit reveal and the hair being cast aside and just like I'm showing myself um, this is who I am. I've been waiting to meet me all of my life. Do you know what I mean? I humbly accept that I picked the wrong okay. Frozen okay. reference okay. for okay. this. That's okay. I, you know, I'll try again next it's time. Right. It's all right. But also, I mean, it comes, we just need to also set the scene of Do it. Scott Morrison has stood by and not sacked so many men <laughs> who have done such heinous things. Like but he's got members of parliament that have been online bullies and accused of upskirting. He's got people in his cabinet that have very credible rape allegations. He's got people there that are calling victims of sexual assault, lying cows, all of these sort of things, mm. not not taking any action. Mm-mm. And yet this woman mm. who bought the watches, and also I'll admit, when I heard the bare bones of the story that, that she works for Australia Post and that she bought these, you know, taxpayer-funded, uh, we're all part of Australia Post, but that she bought these incredibly, I had no context mm. and it did seem like the kind of thing that someone might, have some backlash for, maybe not go down. But in the context of him not taking action on all of those guys and the fact that he so pointedly brought her down and absolutely shredded her reputation, didn't even call her for more of an explanation, she had the energy of someone who copped it, copped it, and and, and got mad but kept calm, mm. kept calm, mm. kept calm, mm. and then chose her words very, very carefully, as carefully as she chose the pantsuit. She was amazing. And the whole makeup combination. Let's, let's listen to her opening statement. I mean, this is thrilling. This is the day the chairman of Australia Post and the other men involved in what happened to me will be held to account. And the other thing is she gave the gifts to four staff members who had landed a multi-million dollar deal for Australia Post to kind of keep Australia Post ticking over 
So it wasn't like she just did it, you know, for no reason or like just willy-nilly because she's careless. She was actually rewarding really hardworking staff who'd been under the pump who were enabling Australia Post to keep going because obviously it's been hard to be working in the snail mail business when email came in. So I think once you actually know the whole story and then she's like, and no one bothered to check. She said no one actually called me, which is astounding. Like, he took to the floor of Parliament with no facts. Well, I think because it, he saw an opportunity for him to look decisive. And I don't know, as a, as a politician, you look for those opportunities where there's something playing the public's going to hate that, let's just lash out and, you know. But, I mean, he took it then, but he didn't take it for all these other incidents where I would say the public backlash has been even stronger. Yeah, you hold, exactly. Why not hold all the people in your account, in your own party to account? before going after this woman who, and I want to quote a tweet from Barry Cassidy, our old mate Barry, he said, the theory here is that Christine Holgate was doing too good a job resurrecting Australia Post when the government wanted losses as an excuse to privatise. <gasps> oh. So has he deliberately gone after her because she did learn that million-dollar deal? And he's like, how can we get it? How can we get it? How can we get it? Oh, she gave some watches away. This is... Oh, I, I, unbelievably. I, I should already say, I want to see the telly movie. Oh, I'm okay, already imagining yeah. her casting. Mm. Who, who, who? Well, I went straight to Kate Blanchett. And I can even, I like, I just feel like the tagline is Hell Hath No Fury, like, like a brilliant woman scorn. Or it could be a pun to do with Australian Post. Like, it could be like, Vengeance yeah. can be delivered snail mail. I, I mean, I, I don't know. One, one of those two things. Or Vengeance Express Post. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> vengeance in three days or more, depending on your postcode. I actually think Asha Keddy could do a brilliant job. Oh, with, Asha of Keddy, her. Asha Keddy. No, I agree. Let's do Asha. I, I think Asha's got that. No, she could definitely do it. I want to see Asha as Christine 100%. I love this whole idea. We should roll it out. <laughs> We have to hold out more because, honestly, I was so impressed by her. And if someone put a ballot paper in front of me now and said, you can choose your prime minister, I mean, obviously, um, people probably did use, I'm probably not likely to vote for Scott Morrison. But, I mean, if, it, if I could pick her instantly, put her in, absolutely, on fashion sense alone and clarity of what she said and the way she defended herself and the measure. And her sense of showwomanship. Her showwomanship is 10 out of 10. She just knew. Like, again, I want to know who her Michael Lucas is because I can see it. Christine's like, all right, I've got the uh, got the press conference, and her gay's like, bitch, we gotta go. Oh, why? We gotta summon the suffragettes. All right, you gotta go out there, and you gotta be, you gotta eviscerate them, and just specifically mention the men who have just dragged you down. I want a white pump. I want a white shirt. I want a white jacket. I want dead straight hair because no curl, no curl, no softness in you, girl. No curl, no girl. You're a straight lace. You are a severe woman tomorrow. And she's like, yes, bitch, yes. Just put the mouse down. Bye. See, for you, actually, I would recommend purple because I know that is also connected to stuff. That's that's what Hillary wore yeah. when she conceded the election, mm. when she came out and do it. And also that looks spectacular yeah. on yeah. you. And also I feel like your vengeance, it's somewhere on that outfit should be some sequins. Not, I'm not saying... A netting. I really feel like vengeance yeah. oh. requires a nice pillbox hat with a nice net across the eye. Just says like... Oh, Dynasty. Dynasty flashback. It's Joan all the way. Why don't you use this door and slither back where you've come from? And please don't make those ghastly hissing noises as you go. It offends the neighbours. It's Joan, it's Joan, it's Joan, it's Joan, it's Joan. Just so like I can see you, but you will never see me again. But I will watch you through my netting. 
you know? Like I think vengeance outfits, yeah. revenge outfits, vengeance outfits, they are so important and people don't appreciate it. Oh, and unusually as well, like you need to really consider what's around your neck. Yeah. Like is it pearls? No, it must be covered. Yeah, covered. No, yeah, that's I don't exactly want an exposed right. Neck. Exactly. You've, you've, you've exposed me enough. I am covering up my vulnerability. All you'll get is my right. savage face. But here from down, <laughs> I will be tied and wrapped and protected in armour. I'm in fashion armour. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, people could hire us. If anyone listening now, you have like this massive vengeance event coming up. Yeah. You could hire Michael and I to style you 100%. Oh, oh, yeah. You couldn't do better. Absolutely. It should be a service we require. I think so. In fact, if anyone wants it right now, and good rates, <laughs> we'll get the first one Pretty free. Much. The first fallen CEO free. But we have to assess whether we like you. All right. Michael has to go because he's getting yelled at from out front of the room because of his actual. Important job. I'm sorry, yes. It- oh, you're a Spotify exclusive podcaster now. What are you talking about? No, I know I am. I just didn't set it aside quite enough time as it turns it's all out. All right. All right. Thank you for the chat. I know you'll be nervous about Prince Philip, but it's going to be fine. Oh, thank you. All right. You'll protect me. Uh, I have no I'll doubt. I'll talk to you later. And if it's not, I know exactly what I'll wear oh, if I'm called for some yeah, sort of inquiry. We get cancelled for the Prince Philip chat. We better start planning our outfits. I'll just plan one anyway, just in case. I mean, I'm probably going to get cancelled at some point. So I probably should have, you know, I'll need to have an outfit and a package ready for my death and a cancelled outfit. Okay, 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 okay. Um, chat next week. <laughs> okay, bye. This is Emsolation. All right, you little minxes. Hope you enjoyed that. Meandered. As per usual, I do love the idea of re- specific revenge outfit stylist. How fabulous. <laughs> there is a couple of things I want to say. First of all, I had so much fun at Comedy Festival over the weekend. Two huge shows. A lot of you were there for the first time. A lot of you were emsolators who'd never seen me live. And it, it is a different experience. I'm very excited to let you know there is going to be a national tour in June. The dates will get announced in the next couple of weeks. So I am coming for the other states. Some of the other states. You understand I'm going to have to spread it out because I'm scared of COVID. Things getting cancelled and getting stuck. So that's going to happen And I also just want to let you know that Lisa Wilkinson can plank for five minutes, okay? I just feel like not enough people know this fact and I was watching her Instagram. You know, obviously I'm friends with Lisa. I'm her number one fan. She is fierce and smart and we have the same manager as well, which I, like I tell everyone, I have the same manager as Lisa Wilkinson. So (laughs) she can plank for five minutes flat out. I'm not going to give, her age is her business, but I I mean, I don't think she'd, Lisa's, you know, she's a um, mature woman. <laughs> I don't think she'd be a bad me for saying her age, but she doesn't care about that stuff. She looks incredible. Not that that's important. Oh, God, I just wanted to let you know that I love Lisa Wilkinson and she can plank for five minutes. So I think that's even longer than Cher can plank for. Go onto her Instagram and check it out. The, the It is there. All right, my lovelies. I feel like the weight of the world is lifted off my shoulders. I've told you our secret. Spotify exclusive. <sighs> pretty as you can hear in my voice I um I just feel feel good feel lighter (laughs) I feel validated have a wonderful week we'll catch you next week and you know I don't know I'm just so happy guys just so glad you're here along for the ride we did it I feel like this is your victory too this is our victory because you guys believed in this thing when it was just like some weird crap I was doing from a study okay I'm waffling again all right guys have a great week bye